The following information is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice. The views expressed do not reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. A medical diagnosis is not real. It's an artificial, human-made term that we use to describe the reality of the health disease continuum. When you cross a certain point on that continuum, then you suddenly have a disease. So where are you on that continuum? And is it possible to reverse what may seem to be inevitable? Dr. Tom Lewis holds a PhD from MIT and continuing education from the Harvard School of Public Health. And he's about to give you a health awakening. Welcome to The Health Awakening. I'm your host, Scott Laird. Dr. Tom Lewis holds a PhD from MIT and continuing education from the Harvard School of Public Health. His father developed Alzheimer's 20 years ago, and since then, he has dedicated his life to determining how to better predict Alzheimer's and chronic diseases in general. Working with key clinicians at Harvard Medical School, his team developed advanced artificial intelligent AI-driven algorithms to predict a person's mortality risk in both the near and distant future. And part of this algorithm is predicting your chance of developing major chronic diseases with a diagnostic protocol he calls the four dimensions of health. Dr. Tom Lewis, welcome to The Health Awakening. Thank you, Scott. A pleasure to be here and discuss the, the, you know, the continuum of health theory that we've developed. This is fascinating. I, I would, you know, we were talking before the cameras came on, and I think everyone would love to know what you're working on here and where it's at. So first of all, what are we talking about here when we talk about the four dimensions of health? Yeah, so I think the, the first thing we have to realize is that, you know, nobody wants to get sick and have a diagnosis, but a diagnosis is extremely artificial. You know, there are 69,000 ICD-10 codes for diagnoses, but really, if you look at like COVID teaches us a lot, people with cardiovascular disease have 1,200% higher mortality rates compared to someone who's healthy, yet some people with cardiovascular disease don't die from COVID. So that just shows you that there's a very, there's a great difference in the severity of the disease of cardiovascular disease, you know, as reflected by COVID. So it points to the fact that not everybody is alike. And in fact, we all lie on a health disease continuum. And what's interesting about this concept is, you know, there's, there's the most healthy person in the world over here and someone who's just about to die, sadly, and everybody else is somewhere in between. And so you know, it, the diagnosis is some artificial point on that continuum line. But, you know, you don't just suddenly develop a heart attack. You get matriculated over 20, 30 years. So what we do is we place very accurately through a variety of measurement techniques where you are on the overall health disease continuum. And that's really, that's really what our whole algorithm, our whole algorithm is about. Okay. So there are four pieces to this. There's uh, risk is one of them, physiological, pathology, and chronic disease. Is that right? Right. And, and they all overlap. So for example, very, very rarely does a condition erupt without risk factors. And it could be your genetics. It could be where you're born, your mom and dad, so that you know some of these risk factors are a little more subtle. But it's, it's very simple. Risks beget 
physiological changes if they are sustained long enough. Physiological changes, if adverse long enough, lead to pathological changes, tissue changes. And when pathological changes, tissue changes progress enough, at some point a doctor will call that a disease. So, I mean, I think it sounds pretty simple, right? But th those are the continuums. And what we do is we measure where you are on the risk continuum, on the physiology or blood continuum, pathology continuum, and disease continuum very accurately and give you a score. And it, it's like, so it's now it's sort of like losing weight. You want to lose 20 pounds. Well, we want you to lose 20 points on where you are in an adverse position on the health disease continuum. And when you do that, miraculous things start happening with our people. So explain the protocols you've developed uh, to help a person reduce their risk and their burden here along this. You know, once they get a score, uh, I guess the question is then, okay, well, now what? What do I do? Well, you know, since it all starts with risks, that's where we start. So we run a very robust uh, survey. And it's based on a functional medicine intake survey. Because when a functional doctor wants to see you, the first thing they're going to do is ask a whole bunch of questions to clear the air and get a really, really good understanding for where, where you lie on, um, you know, what your risk portfolio, I call it, looks like or where you are on the risk continuum. So what we've done is we've taken, say, Cleveland Clinic's functional intake form and others, and we create a whole library of questions and then did with a focus group determine of, of doctors, determine which ones we think are of the highest impact to a person's health. And so we built this survey and what we then have done is we put a risk score to every single question and answer. And that's how we place you on a continuum through a, a numeric score from the body of all these question and answers and, and their risk scores. And then we produce a very simplified color-coded report. So if you can read your child's um, uh, you know, grades, you know, the report card, you can read this and very quickly you can see, oh, math, he has a D and English, he has an A. Okay, we're going to focus on math. So what our risk continuum report does is gives us a color coding of the highest to lowest risks and the plan just falls out of that. So we have AI that says, okay, if you have constipation, you go down this path, you get enrolled in our Consta or our gut health online learning program, and you have a consult with a coach that works on explaining what constipation really is. It's a malabsorption or a, a slow or improper digestive process. And, you know, since you are what you absorb, not what you eat, that becomes really important for health. So you can do the online program or you can work with a practitioner doctor, naturopath, or health coach. So we have all those pieces. All right. Well, we're talking about the four dimensions of health with Dr. Tom Lewis. We'll be right back with more from The Health Awakening. Stay with us. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. Before the break, we were talking with our guest, Dr. Tom Lewis, about the four dimensions of health. And Dr. T uh, Tom, you mentioned uh, something about the, the risk continuum and that we have a score. Uh, when you score people according to uh, these parameters. So now, how do we know that this is a, a correct score, as it were? Because it seems pretty subjective. So how does that work? Well, that's a great question, Scott. You know, and just to review, you know, we use a functional intake form and every question and answer has a risk score tied to it. But we can change that risk score as we gather data. So what we've done on about 1,000 people now is we've run the survey and we get the risk score and we've had a presumption about what the magnitude of the risk, it's subjective, 
is on each question and answer. But then on that, on that thousand people, we also ran our labs. And I'd like to just go over our labs. So that would be the continuum uh, dimension two or continuum two, your physiological continuum. And it's really important to understand how we differentiate ourselves from the standard of care and how this is then used to make sure that our risk estimate uh, is, is correct. So, for example, the standard of care, if you get a lab test from um, your doctor and it was West, LabCorp, whatever, the labs are, you get your value, and then you're given a what's called a reference range or reference interval. And so, for example, a lab test online says that, you know, the normal reference interval can be different from lab to lab. How can that be worth based on, you know, common physiology? And it doesn't mean if you're, if you're out of range that you're sick or if you're in range that you're healthy. So in other words, the reference interval is rather meaningless. So Dr. Trump at Harvard, he said, look, Tom, the only thing that really matters to people, are they going to die young? Are they going to have premature mortality? And then when you titrate back from premature mortality, then people who die younger generally have a lot lower quality of life because they have comorbid diseases and all that. So mortality is the thing in a study you can, you can study really well. So what we did in our labs, and there's 21 labs in our, in our, in our measurement of where you are in the physiological continuum, and we call that single value where you are in the continuum, your chronic disease temperature, kind of correlating with your, you know, your internal temperature if you're sick and, you know, nobody wants their child above 98.6, so we use that metric. But how we got to the values is we did a tediously exhaustive study of the literature to look at, say, a marker like C-reactive protein or white blood cell counts to see where the literature, the research is showing the first inkling of a increase in premature death in the population they study. So that is our endpoint. And when you do that for a, for a biomarker, you find out that the range of normal or optimal where there's no increase in mortality is extremely tight compared to the reference intervals. And that's why people die suddenly and we say, huh, why'd that guy die? You know, their labs were normal. Well, in the standard of care, the labs are for, are you really sick, really? Whereas in functional medicine, and really in all medicine, we should be looking for the smoldering, the earliest signs of you know, the labs being out of wax. So let me just give you an example. Uh, the Women's Health Initiative, 65,000 women at Harvard and, and other institutions follow prospectively. In other words, they measure them, and they track these people, and they measure them again. Well, if you have two sets of women, one with a white blood cell count of 4,700, and a white blood cell count costs like a dollar to get in a lab, you know, with a, you know, at, at a hospital, really. They charge you like 25, but, and then you have another group at, at 6,700. 4,700, 6,700. Guess what the upper limit is in the standard of care? It's around 11,000. Uh, 11, so the 6,700 is way normal. And you follow these women for six years, 50% more of the ones at 6,700 are dead compared to the ones at 4,700. Yet you're completely normal. So we've developed our risk scale based on this kind of great data. And it turns out that as you leave the range for white blood cell counts, for example, between 4,000 and 5,800, 
the risk increases in a log linear way, sort of like an ex like an exponential. Like try to run a 12 second 100 yard dash. It's really hard, but you could run a 30 easy, and maybe you could train to get to a 20. Then all of a sudden it starts escalating. That's how nature works, and that's how we based our parameter. So getting back to the risk factors, so we consider the labs and how we quantify and measure your risk relatively objective, as objective as we can get in medicine, considering, you know, we're complex, you know, it's, 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 it's not like a computer chip, okay? We're more complex than that. But the labs we feel are very accurate. Matter of fact, there was a great book written um, around 2000 called Your Blood Doesn't Lie, and it's true. So the blood results is our master, and then we've used AI iteratively to look at our risk scoring for the subject of the survey, and we have used the data that we're generating from the people that are taking both the survey and the labs to improve the scoring, because basically there should be a linear relationship between the lab composite value and your risk composite value. Okay, well, we're talking about the four dimensions of health, and next we're gonna talk about how you can get this test from Dr. Tom Lewis. We'll be right back with more from The Health Awakening. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. Before the break, we were talking with our guest, Dr. Tom Lewis, about the four dimensions or the four continuums of health. And one of those continuums, uh, we talked about the risk, uh, physiological, pathology, and chronic disease. And uh, Dr. Tom, there's more to the pathology end of this, isn't there? There is. You know, we really haven't gone into that, but everything, you know, everything goes, these continuums interconnect. You know, risks beget physiological changes, beget pathology changes, beget uh, disease diagnoses. So, uh, in, in pathology, you know, there's uh, MRIs, there's, PETs, there's CT scans, there's uh, ultrasound. But what we use, because of its non-invasive nature, accuracy and inexpense, uh, uh, relatively low cost, and wide availability are eye tests. And, and I don't think anybody else in the world is doing this. Uh, my wife always says, careful with that, but really... We're using the eye as a biomarker for systemic disease. So let me first explain why the eye is important, okay? So the ARID study, age-related eye disease study, was published by the National Institute of Health oh, in early 2000s, uh, late 1990s. And what they showed, but no one's talking about, is that if you have a cataract, which is you know tied to the number one surgery in the world, cataract surgery is the most common surgery, people who have to have a cataract surgery have very high mortality. And it's not from the surgery. It's from the underlying physiological changes that leads to the pathology of an opaqueness in your eye called a cataract, okay? And the mortality rate for someone with a cataract is the same as, as someone with breast cancer. It's a pretty high mortality rate. It's around 11% in six years compared to nothing. You know, so it's a, it's a huge risk factor and increase. And people with cataracts die of cardiovascular disease. So this unfolded protein response, we call a cataract, is actually an early warning sign for cardiovascular disease. And the proof is, during the Ebola scare before the pandemic, you know, a few years ago, that children as young as five infected with Ebola were turning up with cataracts. And they said usually it's, an, it's a disease of the aging, but... I say that a cataract is actually a barometer for your, your hidden or stealth infectious burden. Macular degeneration, high mortality rate from cardiovascular disease. Think about it. 
and wet AMD, age-related macular disease, in the back of the eye, in the vessels, blood vessels, which, you know, all our blood vessels are connected, blood is exuding out of the vessels. What if that's happening in your brain? You don't know, because you can't see it, but in the eye you can. What if it's happening in the heart? You don't know, but it might be happening. Alzheimer's is my specialty. When someone goes in for an MRI, uh, when they have cognitive impairment, oftentimes micro-infarcts, which are called mini-strokes or mini-heart attacks, but really mini-strokes, are seen. So these are small micro-bleeds in the vessels of the brain that the person didn't even feel. So, so here's what we have. We have a nuclear cataract tied to cardiovascular disease. I didn't mention a cortical cataract, Harvard study from 2003, highly correlated to future risk of Alzheimer's. In fact, they did autopsies on people who died of Alzheimer's and took the plaque out of their brain and the plaque out of their eye and showed that they were exactly the same. And no one who died from Alzheimer's in that study did not have a plaque in the brain and a parallel plaque in their eye called a cortical cataract. Now, you may not even know you have a cortical cataract because it doesn't affect vision. It's on the exterior of your lens, whereas a nuclear cataract is right in the middle blocking the light. Then the other one would be uh, glaucoma. Glaucoma is actually Alzheimer's disease of the eye, and Alzheimer's is glaucoma of the brain. They're the exact same mechanism. This is well published. But why do we worry about glaucoma? Because oftentimes, in my dad's case too, glaucoma... Uh, developed and emerged 15 years before signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's. So it's an early warning sign. So it's giving you the, the eye is like the canary to your, um, what do they call it? It, it? You know, window to your soul, but it's really a window to your health. And the eye, the nervous tissue in the back of the eye is really a canary for your brain. Wow. That... It's an embryological outcropping of your brain um, so it is part of the brain. It's, it's an extended part of your brain. Now, the eye is, you know, you don't necessarily know what to do. That's why we always titrate. If people want to do an eye test, I can help them and interpret that data. But then we titrate back to the blood, where you are on the physiological continuum and the risk continuum. And that usually tells us what to do to start solving this problem, preventing the heart attack, preventing you from developing Alzheimer's. Because once again, the four dimensions or continuums of health, we're all on the Alzheimer's continuum, but hopefully we're going to, you know, um, slow it down enough that we live to a ripe old age and it never affects us, but we're still on the continuum. It's just not emerging. So when you think about disease in that respect, everybody has an opportunity to prevent the event by improving their stature and status on that continuum. We measure that very accurately. All right. Well, we'll be back with more from The Health Awakening with Dr. Tom Lewis. Stay with us. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. Thank you for joining us today. And special thanks to Dr. Tom Lewis with the four continuums of health. Uh, we call the four dimensions for continuum. Uh, Dr. Tom, where can people get this test and how can they get the results and know what to do once they get those results? Right. So our website, Health Revival, partners with an S. That's where we have everything. That's our flagship website. And then my email, if you want to contact me directly, is tlewis, T-L-E-W-I-S, at healthrevivalpartners.com. 
And what I recommend people do, um, if they want to kick the tires and they're on a budget, because, you know, we don't take insurance. It's just the nature of the beast. The insurance companies don't pay for what we do generally, potentially create a super bill. But just for, for $99, you can take our, find out where you are on the risk continuum by taking our chronic disease assessment. But what you get for the $99 is you get this de detailed survey, a very comprehensive color-coded report that shows you where all your risks are, but you also get a one-hour consult with myself or someone on my team equivalent to me where we go over those results, but we'll also go over any other results you have historically, any labs, any information, any you know, chart information, any scans, whatever. And in the course of that hour, and sometimes it runs over depending on the complexity, we hope to give you an initial plan to move forward um, to start improving your health. All right. Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Tom Lewis. And speaking of Alzheimer's and uh, cholesterol, we didn't even get into yet. We're going to do a special episode on the michaelrude.tv app. So if you'd like to learn more from Dr. Tom Lewis, head over there and you can see that episode there. Until next time, we thank you for watching The Health Awakening and we'll see you again. Thank you for joining us today on The Health Awakening. You can catch the replay of this episode and see our complete show archive at healthawakening.tv. For more information about our guests today and all they have to offer, please visit their website on the bottom of your screen. And please remember, the information you saw today is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor do the views expressed reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result.